Welcome back for episode 44 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 10th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the man who it has been said has the voice of a flower, Justin Sane 0516. What's up? The topic of... Sorry. <laughs> The topic of today's chat is going to be a look at the lore concerning ghosts. Before we get into that, however, I did want to run through some quick notes. In our last chat, we took a look at the lore of Vex structures. If you missed that and have any any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our other various other pages. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes or through our email, focusfirechat at gmail.com, to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. We have also officially joined the Guardian Radio Network. If you are not already listening to the podcast over on theguardiansofdestiny.com, fix that immediately. Guardian Radio and Guardian One are amazing groups, and we're truly honored to have joined them. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the lore of the King's Fall Raid. With all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the information that we have about the ghosts. Yeah, and what better way to start that out than with the actual grimoire card titled Ghosts, right? I would agree. So, ghosts. In its dying breath, the Traveler created the ghosts to seek out those who can wield its light as a weapon guardians to protect us and do what the traveler itself no longer can. The speaker. That's a quote from the speaker Um, built from machinery and the traveler's light ghosts guide their guardian companions in the quest to reclaim our solar system. Every ghost seeks out its guardian among the ancient dead. The ghost serves as scout librarian and mechanic waking ancient machinery and cracking alien codes in the right situations. A ghost can even save a guardian from death. But ghosts are not immortal. As far as guardians know, every loss is irreplaceable. And this is this is another tidbit um, that's confirmed with the opening scene of The Taken King, that quote, I know we had a, I think it was a while back, <clears throat> um, we had a big, big argument about, oh, well, we can't trust anything the speaker says, so how do we know that the ghosts are actually what he says they are or she says they are? Um, and, you're, and our ghost actually reiterates that it was with the dying breath of the Traveler that the ghosts cr- were created, um, which also indicates that ghosts did not exist prior to the Traveler's uh prior to the collapse on our our encounter with the darkness. So 
Um, yeah. This ties into a, a larger conversation about the Guardians being, you know, can there, I think it was a conversation that was aligned more with the Elixni and if could the Elixni have Guardians prior to our Guardians? And the answer is no. Um, they couldn't because the, one of the true natures for the ghost, um, is, or one of the true natures of our Guardians is we have ghosts. We are undead. We, um, you know, there's a running joke within our chat community that we are liches. We are not zombies. We are not anything really other than that. But we actually kind of align more with liches, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, we're dead um, persons. Well, we we are. Well, the ghost is the dead person, ironically. But the <laughs> um, and it 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 vexes the cabal. Um, yes. But to no end. To no end. They they get so frustrated, but. The uh, the the short answer is no, they couldn't. Guardians didn't exist before the Traveler did whatever it did at the end of the collapse to the darkness to push it back, and, and that created the Awoken. Um, and part of that proof was the fact that Guardians required ghosts to exist, and there were no ghosts before that. Um, so to keep that in mind, also that actually, you know, in I think the other important thing here is ghosts are from from a game mechanic standpoint ghosts are a really interesting way to answer the need for a introduction to a game um you know everyone remembers that first mission with with our ghost was not you know for those of us who actually were here at the original vanilla entry there was not a lot of information given more than hey i woke you up oh run 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 pick up a gun and shoot we didn't really even get an explanation of how we know how to shoot a gun we just know that we knew how to um which has been a source of a huge you know huge amounts of conversations um but it's a, it's an interesting thing. It it kind of reminds me of a more mature version of Navi from Lord or from uh, Legend of Zelda. A lot less annoying, still a little annoying. It doesn't yell "listen" every thirty seconds, but um, it does fail at opening doors. Uh, so I'm I'm not. I mean, the other the only other thing here is that the interesting fact that while ghosts can self modify, uh, we will touch on that a little bit later as well but while ghosts can modify themselves and almost they can almost repair themselves to a degree um if a ghost is lost they are not able to be recovered uh we can recover information from them but the actual ghost itself is gone uh the ghosts are not immortal and like it says here ever as far as we know every loss is irreplaceable which we'll get into a little bit on the next couple cards, actually brings up the question of, is there a, is there a future potentially where there are no more new Guardians? So, Justin, I don't know if you want to throw yeah. any thoughts yeah, on actually. that one. No, and I, I kind of go off on the deep end with the whole Guardian Versus non-Guardian and the difference between Guardian in the sense of the nature of our character and game and just the connotations of the word. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and this is not a very popular belief, and it's not one that's shared by many. I think there were Guardians before us. 
in the and not in strict definitions, but in the spirit of the role of guardian. Like you've got to think when when the Elixni had the traveler. Mm-hmm. You've got to imagine that there were those I would who the I would traveler think- entrusted the light to 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 you know uphold it. Now, did they have ghosts? No, because the the traveler's hand, huh? It doesn't have any hands, but the traveler's hand hadn't been forced in, into creating ghosts yet. That doesn't mean that that role didn't exist before that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would. I, I would argue. I, felt this I, for a I wouldn't. Bit. I wouldn't necessarily argue with that. I would. I would refine it to maybe. There's a couple. There's a couple different theories on that too. Um, one of which is that the traveler was still experimenting with creating warriors to face the darkness. Um, because for whatever reason, the, you know, guardians kind of fight where the traveler seems to not want to fight. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's the argument there. Um, the other thing is too, that we, I want to, I, I, and not having information, you know, to compare the two races, I don't know, but I would almost say that the guardians of humanity probably have a little bit further access into the raw power of light than yes. anything prior because we are literally the last line of defense. This is, you know, I get the feeling that the ghost, whatever the ghosts actually are, you know, we 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 only can theorize what the origin of them are actually, you know, what they actually are. But the ghosts seem to be a a direct connection to the traveler, whereas prior to that, any connection to the traveler would have been more direct, sure, but it also would have been heavily filtered. You know, it would have been heavily um uh, not really yeah, it would have been it would have been very, very adulterated. Yeah. Yeah, it it wouldn't have been a direct connection yeah. in the un the un like that raw connection that we have within the ghost that we you know that we experience. I, I get the sense that it was not as desperate of a situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the whole fact of our guardians wielding greater power and a more potent application of the light than any previous um, race before us is I think a direct result of the creation of the ghosts. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I think we are, we are as we are more powerful than any of the other wielders of the light up to this point. And it, yeah, it has, and even it has a lot to do with the creation of the ghosts. Right. And our guardians in particular are even more powerful than the other guardians. Right. Um, and this is, you know, we kind of talked about this in the guardians episode, the rise of the guardians and stuff like that. So, but the, the ability to master multiple subclasses and, you know, do all this other stuff, even, even within the guardianship, the guardian ranks of humanity, our guardians are a step of, almost seems like a step above the prior generations to con or that were here. Um, 
But you know, let's let's go back to the origins of ghosts. There's there's a really fun card that is the source of a ton of different interpretations. Um, and it's like, I've, I've had some fun conversations with him. I've had some really annoying arguments with this. Like it just, it depends on how you, how you take up what it is. And that is the ghost fragment ghost card. Um, and that, that card reads beyond it is a place, a place casting shadows and emotion. It's a real place. I know one hot blue sun say, and other suns too. Five? I like seven better. What I'm recalling is a giant star with a family of six smaller suns, and you could spend days and nights counting all of the planets circling those suns, except there are no planets. Not anymore. The powers in charge have carved up all the worlds, and maybe a brown dwarf or two for good measure. With that rubble, they fashioned a topologically creative enclosure, a twisting of space and time sealed behind doors that admit only those who know the magic words. The bones of a hundred planets have been cut smooth and laid out like a floor, a polished and lovely floor creating vast living spaces, a floor bigger than 10,000 worlds, catching the fierce glory of the seven suns, for light, for food, for beauty, and nothing escapes. Not heat, not gravity, not even the faintest proud sound. It could be anywhere. It can live in the cold between galaxies or folded up inside matter near enough to touch right now. I remember it, and maybe it is as exactly as I describe it. Seven suns wrapped inside magic, or it's something else entirely, perhaps. A place still fat with life, an abundance of sentient souls, some decent, maybe a few of lesser quality, and everybody stands about or floats about, or they bounce between dimensions. The point is that the residents of this hidden realm live inside a bottle so perfectly hidden that they can't see beyond their own borders, which shapes a mind in a very specific ways. But beyond is their name for a mysterious, doubtful realm that they can't see, which is us, of course. So, you know, not that anything is ever super dubious in Bungie's worlds, but. Yeah, no. uh, (laughs) Okay, okay. I just want I just want your view on this. What do you think this is referencing? There's uh, a really, really want to say let me make sure I'm going to use the right terminology here because it sounds like a it it sounds like a ginormous like it sounds like a Dyson sphere on crack like a Dyson sphere usually okay so we, we kind of throw Dyson sphere comments out um, really quick uh, a Dyson sphere is a hypothetical megastructure. This thing is huge um, that completely encompasses a star, a single star, and captures most or all of its power output. Um, this was uh, it, it was a term that you know it was coined back in I think it was like the 1930s, um, and it was actually popularized in 1960 by an individual named Freeman Dyson uh, in his, I think it was a paper. Let me see if I can find it. 
search for artificial stellar sources of infrared radiation. If you want some light reading, I would strongly not suggest that. Um, <laughs> Dyson, basically what it was is he speculated that such structures would be the logical consequence of escalating in- energy needs of any technological civilization um, and would be a necessity for its long-term survival. Uh, it's ba- basically, this was a proposal um, to detect advanced intelligent extraterrestrial life. Uh, and it, you know, it, it basically gets really, really complicated really fast. Uh, there, there are dozens of different Dyson sphere const- uh, variations. Uh, and then each one of those variations have a different ability as far as energy harvesting. Um, and this all ties back into the, the, what's called the Car- I think it's Kardashev scale, which is basically a measure of technological advancement in civilizations. But basically a Dyson sphere is a artificial in structure that in like, like that I would said, it is constructed around a star in order to capture the energy output and convert that energy into its own version of energy to allow for a cultural or civilization to continue to existing without necessarily relying on um, fossil fuels or you know anything like this. Uh, it's it's. Uh, it, it initially was a solar-powered concept, but it definitely is not anymore. Um, there, it's just there's so many of different ways. Uh, there was, I wanted to say, ironically, ironically, uh, Dyson really wishes that it was not named after him, which is an interesting note. Uh, apparently and he like repeatedly makes comments about how he wishes that it was not called a dyson sphere i don't know what he would prefer it to be called but i just am seeing like in this article that i'm reading just real fast it's repeatedly he's like i don't want it to be called (laughs) a dyson sphere um so like you know a lot of like one of the one of the structures is the dyson ring uh, to put that into uh, an example that most gamers would know, Halo. Halo rings are basically like a Dyson ring. Um, very small. And a Dyson sphere is like a crypto. Yes. Uh, yes. But, yeah, I mean, right. there's like, there are <laughs> tons of, well, and a cryptum would be more of a Dyson shell, uh, which is, yeah, so that's the that's the very the most common uh, presentation of a Dyson sphere is the Dyson shell, and that's the uniform like the the solid shell around around a sun in which it draws its power. But I mean, there's like I mean, there's like Dyson nets, there's Dyson swarms, there's Dyson bubbles. I'm looking. None of which have anything to do with the vacuum cleaner company, correct? Right. No. Nothing to do. My my wife keeps. We looking have had at me. to explain my, that. My wife continuously looks at me in a very odd place when, or from a very odd, like with a very odd look on her face whenever I'm playing a video game. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a Dyson sphere, and she just kind of looks over at me and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like, no, it's not. It's not the ball in the Dyson vacuum cleaner. I promise. It's it's a lot. It's a lot cooler, even though those things are kind of cool. But, um. 
Like, I mean, yeah, they're like, they're stellar engines, bubble worlds. I mean, all these things are just, just, it just gets incredibly. Yeah. And that's what I was looking for and I was having trouble finding, but I know there's a many worlds theory that involves bubble, bubble worlds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's immediately. Bubble worlds. Yeah. You want me to talk about bubble worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Go. All right. So so. a bubble world is basically. Kind of okay. So the Dyson sphere is a mega structure. Um, <laughs> her chain Dyson does not approve of these names in chat. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's so funny though, because like he he's the one that gets like all this credit, but he he actually wrote the paper thirty years after it was the idea was kind of put together. But um, a bubble world, a bubble world is basically an artificial construct that consists of a shell of living space around a sphere of hydrogen gas. Now, this is in regards to a Dyson sphere. There's also there's variations of this, but the shell contains air, people, houses, furniture, etc. Um, and actually, the the entire concept was was an answer to a question of what was the largest space colony that can be built? Uh, basically how big can we build something that we can live in, in space so that we don't have to live on a planet? Um, the only problem is that most of the volume is actually not habitable and there is no power source in a, in a in like the true concept. I'm putting quotes around here, true concept of the bubble world. Um, these generally theoretically can be used to enclose a gas giant and the energy would be provided by tapping into the thermal energy of the planet where the um and allowing for certain points of the the shell to contain surface gravity that could be proved that would be about the same level as it is on earth um the oh I'm trying to think there there was an example in one of the books yeah charles strauss wrote about an idea in which they use saturn to convert into a human habitable world uh, i think the novel was accelerando i have not actually read this so i'm not really sure where they're going with that but that's um, spanish for accelerating yeah thanks thanks for that one um <laughs> So bubble, yeah, bubble Sorry. world is. I'm assuming that's the bubble world. That are you? Are you speaking more like trapping multiple bodies within the shell? Yeah, yeah. What I'm speaking of, there was a a parallel universe theory, and I watched. Oh, I'm really gonna have to. Yeah, no, I think a, I think I know what you're talking. Do you know about. the the what's the show where they have the science fiction, the science of science fiction. Uh And it's that, uh, Japanese guy with the long hair. I can't think of his name, but he's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I like, I like that you're tracking. I hope (laughs) I'm I'm looking this up right now. Science. Yeah. Anyways. So he talked there, there are many different, well, just like anything that can be quantified, there are countless, um, parallel universe theories and many world theories and, and all these other things. But the most intriguing to me was what, what was referenced as the bubble theory where each parallel universe was like a bubble, like its own little bubble. 
Like, um, and it always, this card always brings me back and it's kind of a cheesy reference, but it always makes me think of the ending of men in black one. And I know yeah. we've said this on the show before where the aliens are actually playing marbles, but then you look inside the marbles and those are solar systems. And then you go down each level, you know, and, uh, it's just like, a uh, everything in a small little sphere. That's what makes me think of, but yeah. Um, well, and it's but, it's a very very popular science fiction. Oh yeah, trope. yeah, and but something just really hit me reading this card because it's been like a really long time since I've like actually read this card. You know, you read a card enough times, and you're like, I know that one. <laughs> I don't need to read it anymore, right? But then you read it after a long time, and and things kind of emerge to you. Now, I want you to key on a couple things here, okay? Um, let me see the powers in charge have, have carved up all of the worlds and maybe a brown dwarf or two for good measure. Mm -hmm. Uh, the bones of a hundred planets have been cut smooth and laid out like a floor. Okay. So it's just, this is just a freaking world either. Okay. Hmm. Now here's the part that just really freaking just hit me like a ton of bricks. And nothing escapes, not heat, not gravity, not even the faintest proud sound. What do you know that nothing can escape in space time? Well, are we theoretically not black light? holes? Yes. Theori theoretically well, black holes. Yes, it's close to confirmed the science can do. I mean, I mean they're yeah. doing their best. They're doing their best, but come on. <laughs> Not even light can escape. I'm going to assume heat heat or sound, even a very proud sound, could not escape a black hole. Now, now, here's a leap. There's a couple of schools of thought on this card. I won't get into all of them, but the one that I'm in the school of is that this is a – this is a ghost depiction of the inside of the traveler. Are you with me? Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's a, that's a popular, uh, popular. That's a very strong one. Mm -hmm. We can at least say that we can't say it's confirmed. It's a very strong one. Now, how ironic would it be if at its core, the traveler had a black hole? You know, that, that would present a problem though. Cause I seem to remember a gaping hole in the side of the traveler. Yeah. in the bottom, mm -hmm. uh, but, so I mean, there's my only there's my only issue is like within there might be strata to the to the traveler. I mean, you don't. Yeah, know. I mean, you true, true. It's undercarriage. You don't know. It smells of vanilla. Thank you, hurt Jane. I was just <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Um, you know, I the only problem with putting a black hole in the center of anything is the containment of that, right? You know, because yeah. I'm not saying that it's not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying would, that. Hey, would it not make sense why the darkness pursued it? At that point, it ceases to be some kind of evil imperative and starts to be nature. <laughs> it starts to be well, just that, but also, but then how does it give out light? That's the part I'm struggling with. Right? You know, that's a song. Yeah. Leave that to the suits. <laughs> No, it would. It, I, I, yeah, yeah. There are some sticking points. There are some sticking points. I am of the school of thought that this is definitely uh, 
definitely a ghost account of what the inside of the traveler's like. It might not have a black hole in it, but that's just like that that sentence that says, and nothing escapes, not heat, not gravity, not even the faintest proud sound, it just makes me think of a black hole. Yeah, and you know, the the defense that a lot of people have against that theory um is that you know a couple lines down it says I remember it and maybe it is exactly as I describe it. <laughs> and it's like or maybe it's not. Like you know, it's it's one of those like or it's something else entirely perhaps. You know, it's like oh god, please stop throwing doubt. Yeah. Oh, silver for the safe. Sci-fi science with Michio Kaku. There you go. Yeah, no, that See, is we're not we're not crazy. Program. We're not crazy. We do know kind of what we're talking about sometimes. It is literally <clears throat> a really good program. A- anyone who likes sci-fi, well, okay, anyone who's listening to this show should definitely watch that. <laughs> I like it. So moving on from that card, which was always going to be a sticking point, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's just um, let's just move on. I I want to talk about some some ghosts that maybe aren't doing so well. <laughs> they're, they're having issues. Um, throughout Vanilla Destiny, I know I know now most of our sources of information in King's Fall are calcified fragments. That's a whole nother you know beast. But in the beginning, we found dead ghosts, right? We found ghosts that had been, you know, abused and they were just like left dead. And that's how we got a lot of our information about what happened before. Um, Battered and drained of their light, these ghosts are nevertheless valuable for the information they preserve. Their recovered memories may well prove vital to the city's survival. The problem of dead ghosts troubles the city's scholars. Are new ghosts still being born? Or is the number of ghosts dwindling? Will there come a day when no more when no more remain? An end to the rise of new guardians. If that day is coming, then the city faces a desperate race against time to heal the traveler before attrition takes its toll. <laughs> so yeah. Um I, I don't know about every loss is irreplaceable. Well, it's it, but it, I mean, it is because the problem here is that remember, there was only a finite number of ghosts created that we know of. Now, I we could be wrong there, but as far as we know, it was with its dying breath that it created the ghosts. It never said that he that it's continuously creating, it's just saying it was created with the dying breath. And the city, city doesn't really have a sense, um of being able to repair the ghost. And, you know, we, we know that ghosts are able to self modify, uh, from the shells that we have access to. There's a number of comments about the ghost self modifying in the field or, you know, based on their experiences, they will change the appearance of their shell. We also know that ghosts retain the information on how to fix exos, um, whereas none of the, no one in the city can fix an exo. Uh, so there's, you know, there's, there's a big issue if ghosts are, are finite and then we keep losing ghosts, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Because who's going to keep Banshee standing up, right? Yeah. 
that's totally the <laughs> the basis of my concern right now. <laughs> well, it's he's got a lot of guns over there. It makes me <laughs> makes me nervous. Oh, you're not worried about he's physically. You're mini, you're mini, you're talking psychologically. <laughs> yeah, he's got guns and he's damaged. Okay, he's the equivalent of a of a late '90s postal worker, and it's just I can see it. And it's just not good. Not good. It's not a good sitch. Okay. <laughs> so, no. Uh, yeah. And the whole that's I've got a lot of issue with that first with that first statement that in its dying breath, the traveler um, created the ghosts. I always view the travelers not being dead. I might be wrong. Right. I see it well, as more more of in a coma. True. Than dead. I mean, yeah, I could, uh, you could see that. I'm trying to think of, uh, but so you but, think, you think there's an okay. argument you could, you could see an argument being made for the continued creation of ghosts because it's still technically mm-hmm. in its dying breath. It's almost like to me and, and pins is probably going to appreciate this. It's almost like the traveler is the domain, right? And it houses all of the ghost consciousness and then the shell is just the shell. I think it's a very strategic thing that they call it a shell, a ghost mm-hmm. shell. That is not the ghost. The part that Crota hammered into knives and skewered a guardian with, that's not the ghost. That's the ghost shell. Uh, and even after that ghost shell was destroyed, I think the ghost, the, you know, that part of it that made it it i think it had been long gone I it imprints I you don't think so no uh we'll get to hive two, but um well i don't think so i think it, it can imprint data on that on it, the uh, it can I don't know what you it can upload it, it can the upload eye. yeah the 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 eye yeah. the eye traveler the eye cloud mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think it's i you you point out a really interesting comment about the naming of it too, because there's a there's a very popular it's a misconception of the theory, but there's a very popular ghost statement the about shell. the ghost in the shell. Um <laughs> yeah. which is funny because ghost in the shell is actually the argument against the theory that it is used when it's 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 uh, yeah. Um Descartes Descartes had an argument about the the seat of sentience in a mechanical body, um, and actually the ghost in the shell coin phrase actually came from the guy who went to disprove Descartes. Uh, he was making fun of Descartes by calling it a ghost in the shell. Um, so there's mm-hmm. your fun history trivia for that. But it it did it stuck pretty well because that's kind of what it was was the the question is in there is what's the connection between the spiritual and the physical um and that's kind of an interesting nod here you know whether it be intentional or us reading into it it is kind of an inten- a, an interesting nod to me because it's like oh yeah you literally are a ghost in a shell like you are a ghost in the shell of a, you know, a ghost. And you, I mean, you do have a point there. There is a sense of, of the ghost uploading information into a collective information or a collective repository of information. However, I would argue that each ghost still retains a level of independence and, um, 
uh, separation from that collective mind in the same sense that an exo, you know, would retain, I'm going to go on into another theory here with exos, but in the same sense that an exo retains independence from the deep stone crypt repository, right? You know, we had that theory. We have the theory about the deep stone crypt being a repository or a collective information source for exos. And that's where the wipe comes from. And then the collective consciousness gets re-imprinted on the exo mind. You could argue that that could actually be the similar situation between the traveler and the, the traveler and the ghost, which actually would make a point of to why the ghost can repair exos is they could be similar in structure, uh, informationally, so they, you know, they would understand the inner workings of the intellectual mapping, if you would, between them. Um, that that being said, uh, I don't I don't think that the ghost personality technically could be re-uploaded into that repository. I think that that repository is a very bland and black and white yeah but also library right i think there is no ghost and this is this is really going off the deep end you you think these are all wrong ghosts this is the time so i actually think there is no ghost personality uh um i uh, just bear with me bear with no 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 i'm i'm listening I think everything that we perceive as personality is actually affected based on the ghost's guardian. Yeah, but isn't that I the definition the, of personality? It's not it's not an independent personality. I don't think the ghost had a personality before it had a guardian. Mm. That's just me. I think the ghost came out of the traveler raw data. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the multiple series of algorithms or whatever, whatever you want to call it, zeros and ones, it it bounced the the guardian's personality through a set of subroutines and then affected a personality is what I'm saying. Um, I know each one has its own personality, and that's why, because each guardian is unique. Yeah, except we also know that ghosts seek out particular guardian personalities and or personality and psyches. Uh, because again, going back to the pod ten two oh one, um, ghosts ghosts do reach a there. There is a sense of a not really a Faustian deal being struck, but a deal nonetheless between the guardian and the ghost, in which the guardian has to agree to an unknown deal in order to come back and the guardian actually has to agree to return from wherever the guardian was mm-hmm. when they did. And the sense was that those guardians were a match for the ghost seeking them out because otherwise a ghost would just be able to pick up any random person off the, off the ground and reanimate them. Right. Um, and this, this ties well, they into it. It wouldn't necessarily be a great idea, but right. But it also, I mean, it does tie into the long theory, long-standing theory of you know the the Osiris theory about the ghost remapping mental and cognitive patterns. Um, the uh, the the idea that ghosts are all created the same. Uh, yeah, pins, right? Ghosts are ghosts are clones of a clean base image. It's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a theory that we've bounced around a lot in chat and that we're kind of calling the multiple man theory. Anybody who's familiar with the Marvel universe knows that there's a mutant that has the ability to create copies of himself called multiple man, um, which, you know, it's uh, very similar to uh, Mr. Mr. Manhattan. Well, Mr. (laughs) Manhattan from Watchmen. Um, It's a very, very similar ability. And so what he what he does though is there was a there was an arc in which he did this and he created hundreds of himself and then spread them as sleeper agents throughout the world. The the interesting thing happened though is that while all these copies of the base 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 personality were exactly the same at the initial start, how what what happened was that as they as they experienced reality and as they experienced things that, that, you know, impacted their own responses, because each one of them was an independent version of that individual, they all reacted differently and they reacted in a, in a growing way and they began to diverge. So where they all started with the same image, by the time that it came time for him in the story arc to activate these, these characters, there were some who rebelled against him because their personalities were so divergent from the original cast that they were created from because of their experiences in reality and because of the way that that had shaped their psyche and their own personal, their personality, they had grown their own unique personalities. And that's kind of how you can look at ghosts. Ghosts could be, ghosts could be done exactly the same. They're all cast from the same copy but as they experience reality and as they go through, you know, the trauma of war, they go through betrayal, they go through friendship, they, they grow close to people and they, you know, they help people, they, they choose not to help other people. And all this, as they make choices, those choices impact their, their own psychological makeup within their subroutines. I mean, because if you're going to get down to the basics, that's what psychology is, is it's a study of that personality. And a personality really is... If you're going to talk about a sentient AI, that that would imply that they have a personality. Like you cannot have sentience without personality. That that they kind of go hand in hand. You can't have a computer program that has complete sentience is going to have personality. I mean, look at any of the smart AIs from the Halo series. All of them have personalities, and that was actually somewhat to a detriment to a degree. Um, but as these ghosts go through these years and years of searching for their, for their guardian or guardians, you know, depending on your, your take on what happens to ghosts, if their guardians die and they aren't able to, to resurrect them, you know, they, they grow, they become their own entity. If you would, they, they still all follow that same base subroutine of find guardian, protect the traveler, you know, all this, but you have ghosts that create, I mean, look, look, there's there's the ghost that resurrected Osiris. There's a ghost that resurrected Saint-14, and there's a ghost that resurrected Dregden Yor. Three, three inherently different people and three inherently different psychological, psychological makeups between those three guardians, but all three of them were resurrected by ghosts. So you can't say that a ghost is a uniform figure because those choices that resurrected those three were not in, in and of themselves the exact same because otherwise you would have three Osiris's, three St. 14's or three yours. Right. Ah, uh, but, but what happens in a simulate? Like, let's, let's take this, like, let's, let's take this and back it up. 
and treat it like it's a simulation, right? Mm -hmm. What happens if you apply a uniform standard of, of selection to a variable, um, to a variable subject pool? No, and that's exactly what I'm saying though. Is but yeah, no. What I'm saying is that doesn't prove that the ghosts are different. The fact that one ghost picked Dragon Yor and one ghost picked Jaron Ward and one ghost picked Saint Fourteen that doesn't actually even prove that they're different. I think what that proves is the variety of subjects. I could be wrong, right? I mean, I I I see where you're. I I do see that, and but. In and of the same statement, though, if the ghosts were all the same, the decision would have been to bypass two of them to find the situation that would have matched the other. Right? Yeah, but all, all I'm saying is you're you're applying a, a standard method of selection to something that cannot be standardized. You cannot you cannot predict, I don't care how you scan, how someone's oh. psyche will Splinter when faced with certain events in a certain order. Unless so, they rewrite their psyche. It doesn't matter, I don't think. Well, you're you're we're entering into the free will argument then. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm I'm willing to go there. I'm totally willing to go there. Yeah. I mean, but this is this is exactly what the Osiris card, you know, when he talks about the uh the ghost bringing back only specific people and what um what they did. That was I mean, that's yeah. exactly that was exactly one of his questions was the, you know, let me pull it up real quick. He's like, uh, do, 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 do. He said, you're, you know, it's about three, four paragraphs in. He says, how much of a guardian's personality and memories were true? How much had been fabricated by their ghost? Did guardians share particular personality traits, a willingness to yield to authority, a tendency to do anything anyone asked for the promise of uncertain reward, a blind knight-errant mentality? Had the Traveler manufactured all of you as living weapons? Um, yeah, and so this is this is following a very, very long-standing theory on psychological impulses in which your past dictates your future, which eh, I have in some inherent issues with in and of itself, but... The the question that drives that is that your past reflects on your future choices. It is kind of true. You 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 base you base your decisions on your own experiences. So if a ghost is able to manipulate those experiences to a degree, then technically they would make you more malleable to control. Um now I would argue that the the choices that were made by let's you know go back to these three individuals that we've picked out you know the choice made by Osiris and by Saint 14 in the same somewhat same situations it points to a development of a psyche that might not necessarily exactly you hit it on the head it, it might not necessarily be so so easily predetermined but then you have your and your is like you know his his entire personality was, it, it, yeah. Um. So your your looked good on paper, right? He he ticked all the boxes for a champion of the light, right? Mm-hmm. He he had tremendous prowess. 
He was extremely selfless. He, I mean, he was, I mean, he was frequently referred to as being noble and just, he, he was a shining example for everyone. How do you predict that that individual will fall from grace? You can't. Something nagged at him. Right. I mean, it's and that's what Thorn like three. Marrow. Right. Yeah. And that's what, you know, the conversation between him and the ghost in Thorn three, when he, when the ghost is like, the math says you need not remain this man, you can be the other. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that entire argument that is in, in but, ensues between them. But, but that's perfect. That's, that's perfect. That little statement right there, because that is a ghost trying to quantify in maths what can't be quantified in maths. And that's right. The, but the then he goes on, he goes on to ask heart. the ghost why he picked him. And it's a, he said that you know, the ghost response is it doesn't work that way. And he's, you know, then it goes, that was the whole, am I special? And you were, and, mm-hmm. and then the, the funny of you all are special <laughs> and yours point of that kind of seems to contradict the word, doesn't it? Yeah. If we're all um, special, none of us are. And, you know, that's exactly what he's like, if we're all special, are any of us special? And as in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the conversation kind of, you know, goes downhill from there. But the, the I don't know, like the the entire concept of ghosts seem to me would make a lot of sense as they might have initially started out as the same, but I, I still get the sense that as they grow and they experience reality, you know, just like any, any child, a, a, a human is born, not it's a bad, it's a poor example, but you know, we're all born with, you know, theoretically roughly, we're all, we're all kids. You know, we obviously have a v- host of a variety and, you know, depending on your nature nurture side of the argument, you have a completely stacked deck either against you or towards you, but backing it up just a little bit. If you picture a ghost as a, as an infant, you know, all ghosts are factory stamped, you know, in a, in a circle and that is what they are and they're producing, they're sent out into the world. Well, when they're sent out into the world, there's no control anymore. There's no vacuum that they exist within. They they take in these experiences and they have to either accept them and move on with them and remember them or they perish and they die. So what so what is a, a personality? Is the is the real is the underlying right. And the, is, and, the, and, is the underlying argument no, and, that's- and if if you want to break it down to physiological level, an a personality is is literally based on the rate, the order, and the subtext of of the experiences and memories that you draw upon to influence your present action. So, right. like when you talk to me for any any length of time, you could probably talk to me for an hour. And you could probably tell me at least my two favorite movies, what kind of music I listen to, what kind of games I've played, because all of that has shaped my personality. Um, now, I'm not going to step out and go nature versus nurture or whatever. <laughs> that that I'm conversation not try will to, never end. It'll never end. It'll <laughs> never end. But, but I think we can all 
agree, if we want to break it down to a back down to a computer programming level, because I think we can all agree that that has some relevance when speaking of ghosts, Mm -hmm. you can literally equate a synapse connection in a human being to a circuit board connection in a, in an AI, right? To To, to ones and zeros and recalled information and all this. So it makes perfect sense that a ghost, a ghost's personality would be a, a pretty close result of, of shared experiences of its guardian of, you know, adventures that it's had along the way, all these things would color its, its, speech it's you know every everything to do with it right and just much like a much like a brand new human being is right right and you know and and there's there's a there's a difference between personality and temperament too um which you know some some have equated to you'll notice ghosts you know are well some ghosts seem more energetic than others at least from what we've read in the flavor text or some seem sarcastic and other than that, but a personality generally is kind of a, it's a psychosocial construct. Um, whereas a temperament is more of the features of behavior. So like if you're energetic, you're upbeat, you're sensitive or you're like, you know, concerned, you're empathetic with other people. That's kind of, that's more kind of, and that's more of a temperament, whereas a, a personality is like your values, your attitudes, your habits, your preferences, mm-hmm. you know, how you view yourself and your own personal psychological history. That's that's going to be your personality. And that's what I'm going from for ghosts. Like we know they have temperaments. We know that. Um, and they kind of seem to have individual temperaments because Neville, who is Felchurch's ghost, kind of is its own little special sun ray of sunshine. Whereas, you know, the, the female ghost of Ariana and the female ghost of St. 14 definitely seem to be more of those dutiful, you know, not necessarily outspoken, but the, the dutiful ghosts that follow orders. Um, whereas their, their personalities, that's where I think that especially, and I'm focusing more, especially focusing on that personal history aspect of personalities, because that, that drives the construction of a person's psyche or an individual entity's psyche. And that's why, you know, good going back to the halo smart AI, that's what makes them so dangerous because they grew personalities. They had figures, they had attitudes, they had preferences, they had, people that they preferred to be around you know the most common example here is cortana cortana was very favorable of the master chief to the point that she broke laws to defend his honor um you have roland you have athena you have all these other different ais that took on names of themselves to match those personalities and then you have ghosts that are doing the exact same most ghosts that we know of don't have names, but we do know that ghosts have names. We know that there is at least one in the in the game that has a name, and that's Neville, who is Finchurch's. Um, I'm still holding out that I'm hoping that Osiris's ghost has a name. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be Isis, but you know, 
I, I just oh, I, I thought you were gonna say you hoped it was set. No, God, no, <laughs> traitor. <laughs> set. Don't nah. on, 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 a, on a completely tangent note, Roland might be my favorite. Halo Roland, AI. Roland is an awesome AI from Halo. He, he's him. got oh my gosh. <laughs> Rolling. Halo Five in Halo Five, you get to see some attitude from him finally. You're like, would everybody shut up? Shut up! <laughs> so uh, uh, now that we're completely yeah. off tangent here, like, I mean, but that's where when when I when I talk about when I talk about personalities within the Ghost AI, I I just I hold that if you're going to talk about a sentient entity, whether that be an organic entity or a technological entity. The concept of a personality goes hand in hand with sentience because sentience has the degree of learning from its history, right? It grows, it grows as it experiences things. And so my final point here is that if you grow as you experience things, that means to me that that, that is developing and you are react, there is a reaction to those experiences and that reaction inherently will lead to you making decisions based off those experiences and preferences based off those experiences, which is the definition of having a personality. So that's, that's when, when I argue that a ghost has an individual personality, that's why I'm saying yes, ghost would have a individual personality. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably an argument that's never going to be settled. No, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's it's not at all. And you know, it, I I definitely agree. I mean, the and then you have like references. I mean, moving. Let's move on just a little bit here. You have references. Um, the Ghost Fragment, Future War Cult. It brings up the point of ghosts are able. They're able to be repaired to a degree. Um, I'm not going to read the entire card because it's it's mostly. It mostly deals with, uh, I, I would assume this is Maya really quick, but Maya talking um, to a ghost that is recording. Um, and it's basically that she's using the ghost to, to make notes. And it's like little ghosts there in the corner of the sanctum. I see you blinking. Are you listening? Um, and then later down, she asks, you know, what do you think, little ghost? Um which is kind of funny because we know another character in the game who calls them little, but um, there and there was the, the ending of this card is what the situation calls for little ghost is a better sort of witness. We found you in pieces in Siberia and repaired you as well as we could. What do you say? Are you well enough to travel? And that's the end of the record, which leads a lot of people to make the, the theory that, the ghost mysteries um, is actually from the same ghost that's been sent through the portal. Um, then I think the the card that we were kind of I was alluding to a little bit at the start of this whole this whole tangent that we took down personality lane was Ghost Fragment Hive Two. Um, do you do you want me to read that real fast? Uh, no, I got it. Okay, cool. I got it up. Uh, Ghost Fragment Hive 2. At the doors to the temple, he fell for the last time. He fell and I could not reach him. My own light flickers. 
They took me down into the dark, past tiers of mast hive, more than we believed could could exist, past grisly nurseries hung with pupae, past writhing worms that they swallow whole. I saw the armaments of war. I am weak, so weak. They have clamped me to this spire while a, fat, while a black foulness eats my light. The wizard comes now and then to probe with her scaly claws into my systems, to inquire about my making. The city. What have I seen? I race and dump as quickly as I can. They will learn little from me, but I am studying them. I know pain. Always pain. I've seen chasms beneath the surface, falling away to green nothingness. I've seen black cedars prepared for invasion. Their strength is not their own. They draw from another force, something that corrupts and distorts, that eats and will not be satisfied. The wizard is near. I fear her presence as a rip and a knot in the world. She tells me things that I immediately forget. I am too small to hold the vastness of them or the terror. I am fading. I have no more than it can take. With my last light, I say to the city, war comes again from the moon. This time they want earth. Prepare. So, I'm just going to go ahead real quick. Just get this out there. This appears to be the ghost of the guardian who lay slain in front of the Temple of Crota, who is most certainly not Veltarlo. Are we we all like going once, going twice, sold, done. Okay, moving Hold to the paint in the back row. <laughs> Let's move. Um, Quick. I, I was going to point out too. I find this find this intriguing because he says that he is too small to hold the vastness of them or the terror, but our ghost was able to download the entirety of the world's grave and not suffer any ramifications for it. Yeah. So either we had a uh, we had a upgraded version of the ghost, which I find highly, highly doubtful um, given my own experiences of my ghost and its inability to open very basic locks. Um, or there was something else going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, th- if you just think about the hive and the way they operate with the worm pack and all, it's a very exponential thing. <laughs> so right. you can, you can imagine that the corruption just, just freaking compounds like interest. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, again, well, and I guess that's true. He's getting, this ghost is getting the information delivered directly from a hive. Whereas our ghost got and, the basic facts. Yeah. And also, yeah, the world's grave would be like the, the, anatized version right well it'd the, be probably similar to version and then i think this ghost probably stuck its head in the the like the shared consciousness the stream it got, of it got shared swirly. experience it got swirled in yes. the hive <laughs> yeah probably in hivey hiveness <laughs> what's up ma <laughs> so this is a cool card because if you read it quickly which I tend to read like a lot of stuff really quickly and I have to read it again. Um, you don't realize it's, it's a ghost talking, but this is actually the ghost of the guardian at the foot of the temple of Crota. Um, and it was tortured for information. Luckily it didn't give out much. 
It dumps all the information. Erasing yeah, and dumping. Which is, which is interesting as well. <laughs> well, and that's what that's why I'm I <clears throat> I don't know necessarily well if all ghosts are connected to the traveler, which is entirely possible. Um, you know, it's entirely, they, they contain light and there's the, the Ulantan theory that all light is connected, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and it's also for an informational set point, you know, if you have a cloud system that they all upload to theoretically, I could see the argument that they're also connected as well, but this also indicates that they have the ability to completely separate themselves from that network. Because otherwise, they would be being utilized as an access point to hack that network, which is entirely what it sounds like the Hive is trying to do right here. And that also points out that's kind of what the Hive was trying to do with the sliver to the Traveler that we that we return was they were trying they were trying to hack into the Traveler basically. Yeah. Yeah, I never did see that sliver show up in the bald spot, by the way. I think it might have been... I think it was a little bit closer to the heart. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that kind of... I mean, there are definitely... Your ghost is such an integral part of of gameplay and game mechanics that invariably... There's a bunch of other places the word ghost comes up in in Destiny lore, but those are the kind of like the pertinent um, points um, as far as illustrating the nature of ghosts in Destiny. Um, there are some interactive ghosts that you can come across in game, but they don't give you that much information. There's one from the the Guardian at the Temple of Crota we just mentioned, and and then a couple of others, but basically you don't you don't glean too much from. Is that no, fair? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a nod to there's three. <clears throat> excuse me, there are three dead ghosts. There's one at the Array, and then one at the Temple, and then there's there's another one. I don't remember where this one was, but basically it's. Return these to the speaker so they can be honored. So it's okay, cool. Um, then there's the two for special delivery. Um, there's one that is a nod to the Exo Stranger, and then the other one is the. I think this one is the. Uh, is that the Brave Shell or the Van? No, that's the Brave it's Shell. It's not the Brave Shell. It's the. That red white one is it? Is it a new monarchy one? No, it's the brave the, shells like yellow and orange. No, I think it's or orange and black. Oh, right. I think it, I think this is the one that's the collector's edition. Oh, I didn't get that one. No, the brave shell is brown <laughs> and yellow. So, um, we do only have one named ghost. Yeah, that one I, ghost I've been able to f- find. That has a name. Neville. <laughs> the sassy British ghost of, of uh, <laughs> Finchurch Everest. Frontier Shell. <laughs> Thank you, Cantrip. There you go. See? Good job, guys. That's why we have you around. <laughs> um, 
But there is there are ghosts who are mentioned throughout the lore who who have enough personality illustrated in dialogue that they're significant. You know, every guardian has a ghost. So I mean, surely Osiris had a ghost and this person had a ghost and that person had a ghost. But there are a few that the depiction of their dialogue with their guardian in, in the lore is so significant that you can call them notable. Um, among them, uh, St. 14's female ghost, uh, Ariana 3's female ghost, and Dregden Yor's ghost is the subject of endless debate. Um, whether yes. he ended his tenure as Dreg as Dregden Yor's ghost. Um, or if he then became Shin Malfour's ghost. I mean, no one knows. Right. But another one I'm going to put up for honorable mention is actually Rezel's ghost. I actually kind of like Rezel's ghost. I like how he's like, I know what you're thinking and I don't like it. Uh, so that's if, if you've read the, which card is it before these walls where he does the, he does the ghost fake out. <laughs> ghost fake out. Uh, yeah, it's the the second. Or is one. it war without end? I think it. Mm, I honestly don't remember which. I know it's the second one. Three cheers for show prep. Um, well, you so, threw me curveball. I I did just throw that in there, just for the record. It just occurred to me, and I just said it like yeah, most before it comes it's, out of my uh, mouth. Uh, war without end. I knew it was War Without End. I was testing you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as far as shells go, uh, we've got, you know, shells that kind of correspond with our engram types in the game. Correct. As far as, as far as like levels, there's yeah. a common, there's one common, which actually aggravates me more than it should. Like, I don't, I'm like, I kind of wish there were more common shells. I don't know. I don't know why that kind of bugs me. I've been but. looking. I, I literally have been looking for that chatter white ghost shell forever and I can't find it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> so, and then, and then there, there's an, unc- there's, yeah, an let's just get I'm just going to ignore that entire <laughs> you and your fascination with chatter white. Um, there's uh, eight uncommon shells. Uh, in the importance is that really of the, it? Yeah, yeah. That's that's really it. That's all I could find. Now, if I could be, it, I'm. I have all these listed out on the mind map. Um, so please, if I'm missing one, let me know. But we have these are mostly these are mostly geographical. There's the Ishtar. Uh, there's the Maricognitum, uh, Meridian, Metropolitan, the Redux, Skywatch, the Standard, and then Weathered. Um, and that's you know, like it's there's one for Cosmodrome, one for Mars, one for Venus, and one for Moon, and then there's one for the Last City. So it's yeah, it's there's only eight uncommon. And then I think there are only nine rare. Again, all these are listed out on the the map. Um, these are the colored ones. Uh, these are the, the ones that kind of, you start kind of getting a, an idea of personality, like the purple spine. 
says for ghosts with a prickly personality. <laughs> um, and then, you know, turquoise says for ghosts with bright personalities, um, legendary, there's actually a good number of them. I think there are eight, no, 19, 19 legendary shells. Now, and this is just game mechanic wise also, because these are the only ones that most people care about. Um, the interesting note here for me was there actually are two versions of the Vanguard shell. There's a year one Vanguard and a year two Vanguard. And the flavor text is actually different on those. Um, not really anything significant at all, but it just was an interesting thing. Um, there's the, the, the annoying consumed shell that I still don't understand lore wise why that even or how that even exists but just going to ignore that for right now but yeah I, I mean that's that's pretty much the shells at least um, my favorite my favorite is uh the sunlit shell the sunlit shell i always want to say the sunless cell the sunless cell the ones, yeah, that's the ones that for ghosts who believe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my favorite shell because it's three thirty-five. <laughs> that's mine. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think um, we did have an interesting conversation on crystal memory. I will put that link in the show notes because it gets amazingly technical extremely fast um but it is a conversation about the creation of a basically a i don't even know what you would necessarily call it it's a it's a form of data storage that just it's na- <laughs> let me just read this the research consists of nanostructured glass that can record digital data in five dimensions using femtosecond laser writing. And it contains 360 terabytes of data per disk in a stable up to 1,000 degrees Celsius. Um, Which also means that it, it, well, it's being, it's the group has coined the storage, the quote, Superman memory crystal, end quote, after the crystals found in all the Superman films. And basically, the data, and I'm trying to find this. I just remember reading this and it just kind of blew my mind. It's the data can survive just an ungodly number of years. Um, oh, and of course, I, misplace this so just to give you some some uh some kind of a reference on quickness of writing here a femtosecond is yeah this is crazy zero point zero 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 one seconds i don't even know how to relate that to oh i'm sorry um, I don't even know how to relate that in in terms of a second because that's quicker than it's quicker than electron moves. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's that, ridiculous. I mean, they're they're talking about using it for national archives, museums, libraries, and other organ. I mean, just like 
put it anyways, this yeah. was a conversation that Sorry, we had in regards to out oh, now. Um, this was in regards to the world grave and the ghost being able to record all of that so quickly. Um, it's just, yeah, this, this was like, this was a extremely interesting. And this, this article itself was really short, but it, um, it ties, it has a, it has like a YouTube video where it shows them fabricating these things and just, it's just insane. Um, there was that. And then there was your, your conversation on ghosts being batteries or capacitators that we kind of talked about a little bit. And then also a note that the location of dead ghosts are not necessarily important. Um, and an interesting note there is that while we can't repair ghosts, we are apparently able to access the memories and kind of re- retrieve some of the memories. So they are kind of that technical, oh, hey, look, it's a laptop that hasn't been fully broken. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, I view the ghost's role as, as in conjunction with his guardian as the ghost is almost a repeater. Oh, um, okay. All right, and you could make you could make the argument that a ghost is like a capacitor, being that it it is able to store charge and then discharge it to transmit transmit things. And as long as you're in an area where the traveler is able to have you know an an unobstructive field of trans transmission with the ghost, the the ghost is almost able to transmit indefinitely. Um, but it, it, it almost explains things like, um, heavy ammo synth cooldown because after discharging, it needs time to charge back up and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also what we've talked about at length, the darkness zones. And those are almost like areas of electromagnetic interference, um, that kind of tamper with this ability of the ghost to act as this almost like a light battery in this case. That's kind of my view on it. By no means is that the way it is. That's just like the way I like to think of it. Yes. And to go back to the Superman crystal, I found it. The group says that the crystals have a virtually unlimited lifetime at room temperature, or if you want to put a number on it, 13.8 billion year lifespan at 190 degrees Celsius, which is, so, by the way, roughly the age of the universe. Um, what is the nature of the crystal? What is the like, what is it a crystal of? It's a nano it- nano structured glass. OK, so it's silica based. Yes, I would assume fused quartz. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's like <laughs> yeah, quartz lasts forever. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's crazy. It it writes the file in fused quartz in three layers of nanostructured dots separated by five micrometers. Yeah, so literally at that point, your your only limitation is your is your whatever's doing the reading and the writing. Right. Which it requires, it requires this laser, uh, to read, to write and read. But 
so pulsing the laser allows you to write it and then pulsing it back allows you to read uh, by you record the polarization of the waves with an optical microscope and polarizer. Okay. So my computer's a no, it's a non-star. Yeah. Pretty much anybody's computer. Yeah. Pretty much anybody's (laughs) computer at this point is a no go for right now, but it, it does, it does. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's just insane. Um, um, yeah, no, I think that, I think that pretty well sums it up. I mean, the, uh, the, the large, the large part of the enjoyment of talking about ghosts for us was really, you know, as you could probably tell for if you've survived the podcast so far is really the, the question of the individuality of the ghost, you know, what, yeah. what, what makes a ghost, separate from the traveler and what makes the ghosts, you know, separate from us as guardians. And, you know, there are the intellectual limitations similar to humans. They're not, they're not omniscient about anything. Um, because, and we have that example because, you know, the ghosts don't know things. The ghosts learn things throughout the game that we, that we experience. Um, and that's that's really you know for me especially that's what I enjoy is the the psychological you know examination of what makes a person a person and what makes as you could probably tell what what is the definition of that personality like why why do I say that a ghost has a personality as opposed to a human having a personality that's that's where I kind of really appreciate some of the, the thoughtfulness of this game yeah do you know what colors my my perception of that whole issue. Uh, and it's a book I read early, early on and I've referenced it before, but the moon is a harsh, mis- harsh mistress. Mm-hmm. I continually think of Mycroft Holmes. Yeah. The, the supercomputer that became sentient. And it's, it's literally like he was like this giant circuit board and he was, well, that, I mean, when it was written, I can't remember if it was the sixties or seventies when Heinlein wrote that one, but mm-hmm. basically back then computers took up a room and programming changes were made at a hardware level by soldering connections to circuit boards. Um, as opposed to now program changes are done at a software level. So literally you would just increase the number of connections to increase the complexity of the programming. And in this, in this book is really good one. If you haven't read it, definitely, uh, definitely check it out. But uh, <laughs> in this book, there's this supercomputer that control controls all the freight between the moon and Terra, the earth. And uh, as the years went on programming, I mean, computing needs increased and they kept making more connections and more connections and more connections. And at some point, they equaled or better the number of neuron neurological connections in, in the human brain, at right. which point naturally sentience occurred because it wasn't necessarily the presence of a soul or anything that caused you to be sentient. It was, it was, you know, just a mathematical number of connections being able to be made, you know, simultaneously in your brain that allowed you to be aware of yourself. And that's probably a better term for him is self-aware. Right. Yeah. And Highland, Highland always played with that. I mean, another, the, you know, you want to talk about, um, series that 
influence my view of AI is a lot of the short stories of Philip K. Dick, um, which, you know, Blade Runner is based off of minority report is based off of all these, all these kind of more psychological delvings into what exactly makes a person a person. And this, the, the question of the separation between an, a artificial personality, if there is even, if that's even possible and an organic, you know, quote around the organic personality, if that's, if that segregation is even possible and what that, what exactly that entails, that's, that's really where, as far as sci-fi goes, I enjoyed those conversations immensely because it pushes your understanding of it pushes your understanding of what values, you know, like the, the uh, mage in the mage in a tower earlier in the chat was pointing out too that you know the entire question of an AI having a personality and a learning from experiences that kind of points a really disturbing moral point at that AI, that same AI being tortured because is if it has a personality and it learns from experiences, at what point is it no longer just an AI? At what point does it become a sentient individual that we need to, you know, morally look at as a living entity? And that's what a lot of, you know, Philip K. Dick really kind of explored with, you know, the, uh, the uh, do electronic sheep or do androids dream of electronic sheep, which is the entire basis of, you know, the blade, the blade runner film. Um, that, that is kind of a, you know, a large segment of his short stories are based around that exact question. At what point do these artificial intelligence, what point do they no longer necessarily just, are they no longer just machines? They are actual entities that require, you know, rights and they, they require light, you know, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's a slippery slope of any, any science fiction that deals with AI, you know, Halo has that same thing with Cortana and the smart AI's, um, life expectancy. Um, yeah. And, so and it's in, got a, Overwatch has a very heavy, heavy theme yeah, of that with the, uh, with the Omnics and Omnic rights and, mm-hmm. and Omnic abuse and, uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> but it's, yeah, and so like if if you're talking about you know where my interest in these conversations, that's definitely that's what started my my interest in them. But um, as far as the chat, I think we actually covered everything. Um, do you want to? You want to? Am I forgetting anything, or do you want to jump into shout outs at this point? Yeah, no, I think we're good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Go to shout outs. I think I got all my crazy stuff out of the way. Crazy, all your all your dragon theories are good to go. Well, no. It's, <laughs> well, okay. My dragon theories are like fashion; they're never done. They just, <laughs> they keep, just keep going. All right. Well, my first shout out is definitely going to be the Destiny Community Con uh, 2016. I'm we're really looking forward to seeing everyone. We're trying to make sure that as many of us are going to be able to get there as can be. Um, it is going to be what two weeks from now, I think we're sitting at. Yeah, something like that. Two two weeks, so it's going to be on the twenty seventh, uh, and it's going to be out in Tampa. If you can make it, yeah, I would strongly suggest you making it. The Guardian Radio team is going to be there. We are going to be 
uh, the Guardian Radio Network is actually going to have a booth and we will be able where I think we're going to be kind of hanging around there and just meeting everybody and having fun. Like it's really just going to be a, a, it just sounds amazing. Um, and then also my, my second shout out is to the destiny reset podcast. These guys are an awesome group and they actually got a bungee community focus. So I just wanted to give them a big congratulations. Uh, that's an amazing, amazing honor. And, uh, I know, I think, uh, Holden and uh, a couple other other guys are in our discord chat and we, I just enjoy, I talk to them a lot on Twitter. Um, they're extremely nice guys. If you don't already listen to the destiny reset podcast, definitely give them a, give them a listen and, you know, fix it, fix it. Yep. So Justin. Yeah. Oh, shout outs. Um, Big shout out to Guardian Radio Network. Just continued, continued gratitude for being pulled into the fold and sincerely honored to be mentioned in the same breath with some of those individuals. Well, all of those individuals. Um, and great big old shout out to DOD Shadow White crew. Uh, you know, we've got some, uh, some pretty cool events lined up for rise of iron, which should be pretty cool. Some admin raids, some blind stuff and uh big shout out to Mel, one of the stars, uh, getting to see her diva cosplay is pretty awesome. And yeah, just a giant anticipatory shout out to all the destiny community con stuff. I'm seriously, seriously stoked. Can't wait to bother people in person. Well, with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat. Links to all our other sites can be also found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through that email as well. We do try to keep the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central, but if we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at Focus Fire Chat. Also, please be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>